tarot for the wild soul, deep conversations, and tarot medicine for your highest evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Um, We've got another wild soul interview. I am beyond and beside myself to intro and have this powerhouse of a woman on my podcast. Who I have today on the podcast uh, is Erin Aquarian, a full-time witch. Um, Erin is someone who is so dear and so special to me. Um, Her heart is beyond. Her kindness is beyond. Her support, her honesty, her vulnerability, her commitment to um, activism, to service, to deeply um, it's just, she's amazing. Um, and I love her. Uh, she also happens to be one of the most creative and completely unique Aquarian style souls that I've ever met. Um, her series tarot TV, that is a YouTube slash Instagram offering is beyond words. She has a band called void realm And she does these esoteric, really profound, crazy, in the best way, um, healing videos that are, uh, yeah, just need to be seen to be believed. She's amazing. Um, Our convo is so rich, is so healing. It was such a joy to be able to dive so deep with her around so many important topics And I'm going to read a little bit about her bio in her own words from her website. So Erin is an intuitive healer, a spiritual artist, a teacher, and a mentor based in Portland, Oregon. Her life and work are dedicated to the collective healing and liberation of all people and this planet. Her work focuses on supporting human beings and becoming more empowered within themselves mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and in their lives, relationship, career, and soul's path. Her approach is trauma and systemic oppression informed. She acknowledges issues of privilege, race, class, sexuality, and gender, and creates a safe, respectful respectful space for, for clients and students. She's committed to offering affordable sliding scale services for working people, students, and young people. And for her, and I completely agree, healing should not be considered a luxury. And she's committed to providing accessible, supportive guidance and life-changing empowerment tools. So she's amazing for so many reasons. Um, Teacher, reader, educator, artist, with a style all of her own. She's amazing. And I love her. And it was such a joy again, to be able to chat with her. And I don't even know that I have much more to share in terms of our interview. I sort of just want to get right to it because it's really good. Um, a couple things on my end, uh, just so everybody knows in a couple days, in about four days, my class on the swords is going to take place over Zoom. So if you've ever been so, and I know y'all are out there because I get emails and DMs from you on a weekly basis. So if you have issues with the swords, if there's, you know, stuff that you've got going on with the sword suit, 
and you feel contracted and you feel weird about them, I highly encourage you to take this course. I encourage you to take it because not only will you get an opportunity to see them um, through the lens that I teach them, which is really helpful for anyone. I also, like Erin, have a highly trauma-informed background, and it will help to soften and transform your fear-based relationship with them. But also, there's going to be a Q&A Porsche And nothing, nothing in this world melts fear and a sense of being alone and isolated in our fear of the swords or in our frustration with them than hearing that other people have issues with them too, myself included. So join us. It's two and a half hours. It's very rich in content and it would be an honor to have you. If you're interested, you could sign up on my website by going to lindsaymack.com hovering over tarot trainings, which is in the menu, and then clicking on the swords class. And also just as a gentle reminder, in about a week, my books will open at 12 p.m. for summer and fall and winter readings. And with that, I am delighted to shift us over and introduce Aaron formally and our interview for the podcast. And I hope you love it. Have a beautiful week and I'll see you for monthly medicine next time. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, deep conversations in tarot medicine for your highest evolution. Um, I have a guest today on the podcast who I love so deeply and is one of like, um, it's very special that she's come on today. I love what she has to say. I love her. I'm so excited to finally have her on. Uh, I have with me the amazing Erin Aquarian of Full-Time Witch. Welcome, Erin. Thanks, Lindsay. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's awesome to have you. And, you know, as you've heard from the intro, Erin is a tarot reader and um, so much more, a teacher, a priestess. She's in an incredibly powerful band called Void Realm um, and has this incredible, like, beyond new offering called Tarot TV, which we're obviously going to talk a ton about. Um, And she's also somebody who, as I'm sure we'll get into on this podcast, um, uses all of these magical tools and gifts through a framework of really smashing the patriarchy, moving into a lens of social justice and self-improvement and service for the collective and um, she's a very motherfucking powerful witch <laughs> and I'm really excited <laughs> to talk all manner of things with you today. Um, and I guess I want to start with, I love hearing people, obviously, you know, from this podcast that we start with people's stories with the tarot. So how did you find the tarot and begin to utilize it? <clears throat> well, I like to thank you for those kind words, by the way, I really appreciate it. Um, I like to say that the tarot found me. Uh, 10 years ago, mm. I moved to Portland, which I now call Portaland, Portaland. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a total portal of weird healing and magic. Um, but, uh, the tarot found me through a casual impromptu reading that a friend gave me 
and I'd never had a reading before. And prior to that experience, you know, I grew up seeing psychic friends network commercials on TV and Miss Cleo. And, uh, that was my main concept of tarot, uh, until that time. Mm -hmm. Um, it never occurred to me that just a normal person could do a reading. Um, -hmm. and my friend was a pretty normal person. So the best way for me to like comprehend and understand what changed for me in that moment of that first tarot readings and the one that the ones that followed was like this witnessing that the cards offered me that I don't think I'd ever been given before this affirmation and encouragement that, you know, the cards saw that I was going through a really difficult time and they relayed that message back to me. And there was something about that that really helped this tiny shift in my perspective happen. And I think that it was this, uh, really the first of many spiritual experiences to follow that I was really aware of that I was having some kind of spiritual or cosmic experience. Mm. Um, and from there, it really moved me and, um, opened my, opened my mind to a spiritual experience of life in a way that as a, you know, I was raised Catholic and I really rebelled and rejected against, um, that and other forms of organized religion. And, um, so the tarot was really like this catalyst or this door opening into my life me reclaiming my spirit and my spirituality for Mm. my life and my heal, my healing. So it totally changed my life and, uh, my perspective on my problems. Um, and I got, I got a deck shortly thereafter and began to began like an intellectual study of tarot. Um, and I pursued that more intellectual angle of trying to memorize the cards, trying to, like kind of regurgitate the voice from other like tarot readers or books that I studied, like, because I, I wasn't quite sure what my own voice was. Mm-hmm. And, um, within a couple of years, I started to become more intuitive with the cards and through taking some classes, um, through a mystery school that I was in and, uh, studying with lots of different healers and, and spiritual teachers and practitioners over the last 10 years that, you know, like tarot is just, uh, it's not like the only thing, but, um, it's kind of the consistent practice that mm-hmm. I've come back to for, for guidance in my life. I hope that's a good synopsis. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Um, I was going to ask what your first deck was. Um, uh, my first deck was the Crowley deck. Nice. And that was the the deck that I received my first readings from and mm. not an easy deck for a beginner, but a, a really wonderful, beautiful deck with tons and tons of wisdom. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. And I love that. So in your journey of learning, of finding your own voice 
Um, how did you begin to transition into reading for other people? What was that like for you? Um, well, it was almost kind of immediate. Uh, I'm, I kind of was born with this compulsive need to help people. Mm-hmm. And usually, usually the need to help others, like I put before helping myself. So mm-hmm. that's like been a big part of something that I have been working on healing in myself, um, putting, putting myself and my, my, my own being first. But as immediately, once I figured out that this was helpful for me, I wanted to give readings to everybody, like mm-hmm. my coworkers and my friends. And so I just started to, and people would ask me to, um, because like not everyone and their mom was a tarot reader back then, you know, yeah, in 2008. They are, yeah. <laughs> um, as everyone and their mom and dad is literally is now, now. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, people would ask and sometimes I would just offer. And those early readings that I would do would look a lot like people coming over to my apartment um, and me like doing a little spread and reading, doing a Celtic cross spread and, and literally reading from the book what the cards meant and then talking yeah. to the person about like, well, what does this mean to you? Um, mm. and it wasn't until a few years later where I, I really started to have a channel with, with the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when that was happening, um, I noticed that what was coming through the channel was a lot different than what I had heard other people say about the cards or what I had read from them. So for a long time, I thought that I was doing it wrong. Mm. Um, but now I know that we all just pick yeah. up on different things from the cards and that there's no fundamentalist dogma no. Um, in tarot. I love what you just shared because as you know, like that's a lot of my experience too. Um, We also share the same kind of coming up with it. Like that's how I used to read back in the early two thousands too. Like in the two, you know what I mean? Like before it was like a career or whatever, I guess. Um, Just so low key, you know, now it's so different. Um, It's still low key for folks, but it's uh yeah. I, I, you know, I did this, um, I did this interview, uh, that was so nice. Um, and we were talking about how, um, basically without getting into the story, um, we were talking about when I was beginning to, to do this professionally in New York and, um, I was like, there, there was no template for this work at all like in, mm-hmm. in like at all, like that idea of blending tarot and coaching. Um, and I'm not, no one started that. Like people just came to, this is obviously a collective shift. Like no one started mm-hmm. anything, but it is, it is, it just makes me smile. <laughs> that had nothing yeah. to do with anything. It just brings me back to when, uh, mm-hmm. to how powerfully we all heard this and are all waking up kind of at the same time together. Um, and how now I think even five years ago, there there was sort of more of a boxiness, at least um, where like in New York, there was a little bit more of a boxiness around like, well, I do tarot this way. And if you're similar to mm-hmm. me, we, you must be lifting it or 
whatever because it was right. so new and it's like dude no way no like you know now it's so much so much looser and more generous it's just a great time to be doing it yeah anyway. i like to think of the tarot as being like the most ancient life coach oh <laughs> hell yeah because it is but it 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 really is like i went to life coaching school and as a way of like trying to get away from the tarot, because at that time, you know, there wasn't this massive interest in tarot and this, um, growing kind of acceptance and kind of validation that like this thing's legit, you know? And, um, but I found that a tarot, like a really authentic tarot reading, uh, was a lot, much more powerful experience for people than just a, what do they call it? Um, pure coaching session. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like I couldn't really do life coaching and be authentic to, to my values as a witch. So mm. would you share more about that? What, how was your journey in discovering that I used to, that we, again, it's so funny. Like we share the same thing there too. Like I went to school for that myself and, um, somewhere along the line, it got blended and I was like, Oh, mm -hmm. like coaching has never felt right. There's no room for the spiral in here, at least not the way right. I was trying to do it. Um, and when tarot came in, it really helped that. And, um, just for me, but I would love to hear more because I think there are probably a lot of people listening to this who are mm -hmm. like, you're such a, like the one thing I'll say before I let you rip with your actual answer to my question is probably the thing that I love the most about you. And I love lots of things is how deeply yourself you are in all manner. Like you don't deviate uh -oh. the way you share your message, your visual, um, like, um, the way you create your videos, Terra TV, like it's so phenomenal and almost, um, like it's deeply rooted in artistic, um, like it's deeply artistic and creative and very uniquely beautiful. Like only someone of an Aquarian scorpionic way could be like <laughs> very much so. And so I would love to, I think it's very clear that you've done deep work on being really fiercely devoted to being yourself. So I would love to sh hear a little bit more, like, what was your journey in finding your middle place in your feelings and your um, place as a witch and how kind of um, coaching intersected with that, if you want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think it kind of touches on like what I mentioned before when I was saying that, like, I have a compulsive need to help people. Mm -hmm. Um and I happened to be a college dropout. Uh, so <laughs> at, at, um, I like to talk about that because, um, I think it's important for people to hear that there's more than, uh, one, one path to having a, a career that you love that's legit in the world. Um, so for me going to coaching school, when I turned 31, um, I knew that I was interested in a helping career. I didn't see myself as a healer then because I still kind of viewed healers as being like 
legit in this way that I never would be. Mm-hmm. Like I viewed acupuncturists and energy workers and, yeah. you know, like this, this term healer that I think has been more and more, um, a part of my life and my path, um, over the last 10 years, but, you know, I knew that that's what I wanted to be, but I didn't think that I could be. And so as a college dropout, I knew that I didn't want to go back to school to finish my AA that I started in my early twenties. Um, I didn't want to spend two to four to six years going to school. I didn't want to, Mm -hmm. um, invest the, the time or the money, um, in traditional academic institutions, because that's not the kind of learner that I am. Um, and I've always, I have a lot of trauma in my background that impacts how I, you know, take in information Mm -hmm. and classroom, traditional classroom settings is really hard for me. So, um, I, I found coaching because it was like a career in a box, you know, and it's, it's like really marketed as, as this profession that you can, you know, do whatever you want and like travel the world and make (laughs) six figures. And I mean, it's Mm -hmm. really like sold, sold like that to people yeah. uh, because I think so many people are looking for like, well, like what job can I do that I love that has meaning in the world? And I could be rich, really, really rich, you know, Mm -hmm. which wasn't what, which wasn't always like part of, I want to be rich, but you know, I've, I've struggled as a working class person, uh, in the service industry for my whole life. And, you know, I wanted to start something in my early thirties that would potentially be supporting me more sustainably in a good way by the time I was in mid to late thirties. So I chose coaching. Um, and, what I found from doing that program, it taught me a lot about myself and how to start to encourage this like true authentic person out to exist, um, amongst my classmates. Um, and where it it was really amazing, um, personal growth experience for myself. Mm -hmm. But as far as in terms of helping me be a business person, it didn't because, um, my values that are anti-oppression, anti-capitalist, uh, anti-racist, like we're not like none of my, my teachers or mentors helped me figure out how to integrate those values Mm -hmm. into my business practices. And anytime that, you know, I would, um, try to address those more issues of social justice. Like I wasn't helped or guided or mentored um, because my teachers just weren't, weren't thinking about that and that wasn't their priority. Uh, And so that's just part of been where like tarot works better for me Um, Mm -hmm. and being an artist uh, works better for me because I can say whatever I want and I can, um, and I can offer the thing that I wish existed for myself and for others. Mm. I hope that, I hope that makes sense. Hell it's like a really, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. it's a big, it's a big topic. So yeah, well, I, I mean, to say about it. 
I, I can only imagine. And what you did share was glorious. And, you know, as someone who came up from that as well, um, very, again, like super resonated with what you said. I share the same thing with, um, with traditional schooling. Like that's really big. That was a really big, was a big lifelong issue for me, actually. <clears throat> Always had trouble um, focusing. And so it really is like everything you shared, like the way it's marketed, like kind of all the things they, they do not, I mean, maybe it's changed now, but wow, they really just, they don't want to go there at all. <laughs> like at all. I, with I'm, any not, of that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it has changed because on my Facebook feeds and my Instagram feeds, I'm always seeing yeah. a marketing camp, a marketing campaign that, um, just like turns my stomach a little bit mm-hmm. about how it doesn't have a conversation that's more critical of the mm-hmm. oppressive reality of the world that we live in and how like the helping and healing professions, um, I feel sh- should be at least having that be a part of our conversation and Oh, yeah. how we do our work. So absolutely. And I think people are so, you know, in coaching too, like, I don't know if this resonates with your experience, but there's just like this total, um, there's this lapse, I suppose, in, um, I think because people Like, I think that they do something that on paper seems like a really great idea, which is that for anyone who doesn't know this, when you go to any kind of health coaching, life coaching, whatever, um, maybe your school is different, but traditionally they talk a lot about like from day one, they're like, what do you think your niche is? That's basically saying like, you want to work with women, with men. And and they, and when I went to school, like there was no like people who do not conform to any gender. It was like literally right. like, do you want to work with kids, men, women, <laughs> uh, teenagers? And um, do you want to work with people who have anxiety? Do you want to work with people on their fitness goals, on their health goals? Do you want to be a vegan coach, whatever? Or do you want to be someone who works with people like around work stress, whatever? And I think because there's a niche conversation, like immediately a tunnel vision develops and you start looking at the disenfranchised at, at, I'm going to say it like for white people. Like I think that they start looking at people of color, not necessarily in a way that I think that they would assume is immediately racist or at least racially, um, uninclusive. And they think like, that's not my niche. I'm not talking to them. And like immediately, it devalues and gives someone a a psychological excuse to be like, well, that's not who I work with. And so then all this separation develops. Do you see that too? Do you agree? Well, I, I do agree that, um, that's part of the, yeah, like targeting your niche or whatever. Um, and like the niche that I resonated with was, well, I want to work with working people, mm-hmm. um, like punks, queers, yes. people who are, you know, people who are, uh, not like living conventional status quo reality life. Like though I want to be like 
of service to those people. Mm-hmm. Um, like those people who I feel are having a parallel experience to the one that I'm having in mm-hmm. this world. And, um, I mean, I think it's important for people to resonate with those that they serve and for the people being served to resonate with the person that's serving them. Of but course. the the niche thing is just, I don't, like, I just don't really like the, like there's a linear pathway to having a business thing. I don't think is real. Like most of the people that I was in school with, um, in my coaching program are not doing any, any kind of practice that looks like coaching whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I don't think you're, I don't think it's a model that really works for yeah. everybody either who, who decides to do that. Yeah. Um, and like, because I had tarot and because I had other healing modalities, um, and this burning need to be of service, mm-hmm. um, I, it's been something that I've managed to stick with, um, and integrating like my creativity and developing that and like weaving that in to the things that I give away for free, you know, um, yeah is, is part of it too. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. I just want to make clear to anyone who does coaching work, I'm not saying that if you are a white person, you're immediately going to devalue the experience of a person of color in your practice. Like totally not just saying that when I went to school, I saw those. Um, I just think that that's a, for some, that can be a connective part of the inadvertent, um, separation from, the reality of varying people's experiences of, of the different experiences of so many of us that don't necessarily resonate with like a six figure model or whatever. Right. And yeah, the like, so just want to be very clear on that. Yeah. Like most end. coach, most, um, I don't know, business trainings mm-hmm. aren't going in with the framework of how can we, um, challenge oppression and, mm-hmm in our, in our careers or how, yeah. how can we make a sustainable living and still challenge c- capitalism mm-hmm. in some kind of a way? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, so that's, those are all the things that I try to explore with my, my life and work. That's beautiful. And you know, it's a beautiful time to transition into tarot TV. So tarot TV, first of all, there, TV. there is going to be, um, a link to Aaron's trailer, which is just about the finest thing I've ever seen. Don't even ask questions, just like literally watch it. Um, So Tarot TV is your new offering that is unmissable. And everyone listening to this will love it, will flip for it, will die for it. Um, Aaron, it's amazing. Um, And talk about totally generous, beautiful, unique, um, service to the collective with what you're sharing on that. Can you share with folks, um, listening, uh, what tarot TV is and sort of how you became inspired to create it? Yes. Well, um, tarot TV programming for a new paradigm, Mm -hmm. like that, that name kind of like flashed in my mind one morning when I was washing dishes and like where most of my good ideas 
come when I'm doing chores, which I avoid because I'm an Aquarius. But, um, I, you know, I've really been struggling with this whole, like trying to make a living in capitalism and wanting like to like offer things that, um, are accessible to the masses and, Mm um, like kind of create these things that I wish had been there for me when I was starting out. And, um, so through doing the anti-commercial, the trailer, I realized that I really liked doing video. And prior to that, I was, you know, toying with having my own podcast. I called it Aquarius talk. And there was just something about the process of the podcast that didn't feel quite right. And Mm -hmm. I got frustrated and I kind of tabled it. And, um, I've been doing a lot of deep personal work these past several months, um, and feeling pretty stuck in terms of what's next for like how I'm going to do this work and, and, and make it in this world. Uh, and you know, guidance always tells me to just not, not worry about the future and just trust and to take one day at the time, one day at a time and Mm. really just stay like in my channel of creativity and inspiration. And so through doing that, that commercial, I realized I actually liked doing videos and that I have a computer, I have a apartment with Wi-Fi, I can make videos and that, um, appeals to me as, as someone who's an audio and visual learner mm-hmm. that there's something about talking about the cards and also seeing them that like really just resonates more with me than if I were to just have a podcast only. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted the, the videos to kind of focus on tarot, but also expand into broader topics. Um, and my approach as a tarot teacher is to share the cards in a kind of vague and abstract way so that people can get comfortable with the concepts and general themes and principles of the card and then kind of explore making their own meanings um, through practice. And I just wanted to kind of do all of those things with the videos and it was fun and I'm not, um, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm definitely not used to it. I don't feel seasoned with how I use technology and being on video and all of that, but it's just another example of me just doing what I do. Um, not trying to be perfect and Mm. kind of showing people that it doesn't all have to look like highly curated. Um, and it doesn't have to be like, I'm the most articulate person all of the time to have something helpful to say, I guess. Yeah, totally. And I just have a handful of episodes right now, but some of them are um, talking about the major arcana in a nutshell, 
or tear through an anti-oppressive non-binary lens mm-hmm. or like a new moon read, new moon reading or a full moon reading. That's kind of what I got so far and I'll just continue to add to it um, as much as I can. Love it. That's great. I'm into that. I mean, it's incredible. And like, there's kind of no description for it. Like it looks like an infomercial, but in the best possible way. And like, like on purpose, not. Oh yeah, totally. On yeah. Purpose. It's incredible. Um, stylistically, just a total brick in the in the window to like all the way like and myself included like all the way that like these video offerings like look it's just like the best like it's the best and well that's not to diss your offerings because I absolutely love how you do what you do and with such beauty and elegance so thank you and no 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 dissing it's just um like I'm such a fan. It's just incredible. Like my mind wouldn't even work that way. It's just so, so Aquarian. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. You should see my house. I believe it. I wish I was there now. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, um, yeah. And also, you know, we, let's transition to Tara a little bit. I would love to, so earlier in the year, you created a beautiful postcard that, kind of had this incredibly, um, this really epic writing, um, that you channeled on the back of it that you shared on Instagram. You so generously shared with so many, um, and you had mentioned that, which involved the high priestess and the justice card. Um, and you'd mentioned that in terms of the cards that you wanted to talk about today that you'd been working with in your own practice, in your own life, that those were the cards that you chose. And I'd love for you to share with our audience, you know, it is a high priestess justice year this year, 2018. Um, what those two cards mean to you. And I'll ask you up if the postcard comes up, I want to talk about that, just sort of where the inspiration mm-hmm. came from to do it and I know, I know from your generosity and desire to be of service, but it's just, again, such a unique offering, but I would love to hear from you how those cards have been working with you this year and how they've been flowing into your life. Yeah. The high priestess, um, has been one that's come through very strongly for me for a long time. And it was one of those cards that I could feel what it meant. And, it took longer for me to understand what justice meant. Uh, and when I figured that out, I realized that that's really how those cards connect is that like, I, I started to understand the high priestess as being this deep kind of intuitive symbolic dream that you can't make sense of for, immediately and that it takes some time to have kind of clarity around the dream come to your mind. And that's justice. That's like when we like understand, uh, intellectually or mentally something that we know intuitively, that's how I started understanding those two cards together. Mm -hmm. Um, when I would meditate on them, 
because justice was when I was first learning tarot, I had a really hard time with justice. And, um, in terms of like what I'm getting from those cards for this year and like the patterns that I'm kind of witnessing in the collective around people really waking up to their intuition, really, uh, finding themselves in kind of ancient remembering of Mm. their magic Um, And kind of the ways that like we've existed in ancient times on this planet, uh, pre-patriarchal times, and just the real like uproar of people's voices and these outlets that we have in these times that allow us to hear people's voices and, and see what people are sharing in the world with all of these radical movements that are happening. It's really wild. Mm. Um, and yeah. And the, I mean, there, I could talk about it for hours, but the, the high priestess being this archetype of kind of ancient medicine woman Mm -hmm. and midwife and, and things that we as a culture have never really been allowed to explore, um, whether, you know, like whatever our gender is, uh, and that justice is really about the truth coming out. And I also throw strength in there because in some decks strength is 11. And so totally forgot to mention that. Yeah. The theme of like we're expressing, like we're embodying our magic, we're expressing it through like kind of reclaiming repressed desire and stifled creativity and really taking up space in the world with that like spirit self. Um, yeah. So I think that they're, they're really continue to be expanding over the course of 2018 and, the cards just come up all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there, there have been readings where I've pulled them side by side more than once where I'll pull the high priestess and be like, Oh, you again. And then like, what do you want me to know? And then I pull justice and I'm just like, what? <laughs> this shit's crazy. I know it's like one mystery colliding into another one. Yeah. And the spell cards are, I just printed a a thousand with a collage that I had a designer that I work with, uh, just collage some photos that I took of different decks that are, are vintage and contemporary of Mm -hmm. those three cards. And then on new year's day, I asked them, what's the message, you know, like what, what am I supposed to put out there? Mm-hmm. And, and this, the poem or the spell that came through on the back of it, um, I, I put on the back of the card. So. Oh, beautiful. And people can get that on your website, right? Um, I don't have it. 
I, I don't have that many left. I probably have at least a hundred left, mm-hmm. but people could email me if they want to get some or, um, yeah, that would probably be the best way right now, Perfect. but I could read, I could read it, uh, so that everyone could that would hear be, that. If, it's so amazing. Please. Okay. Truth is standing in a power that harms none and serves all. The world is not what it was. We are not who we were. There is a knowing in me, you. There is a voice in me, you. There is a vision in me, you. There is a creation in me, you, waiting to be spelled out. You, I, we create warmth and light for winter's night. Flame, guide us to the day of spring where all becomes alive again under the sun. Sphere of time turns a new world. We fall in to bring us through. Eleven align with the truth behind. The mask you, I, we did not make lives infinite space where all parts of us belong. Between all that is air, water, fire, earth, above and below, here and now, so will it be. All for blessings, connection, protection, healing, liberation for all. That's it. That's it. That's the spell. Gorgeous. I feel very moved. It's gorgeous. You know, yeah. I keep, I, I keep. Um, it's so interesting that we're talking about these two cards because it has in our conversation and hearing your beautiful, that, that stunning spell that you just shared as well as your thoughts that you were sharing before it it has been making me reflect on at the beginning of the year when um the beginning of the year for me was very intense and super challenging but ultimately like one of the most powerful rites of passage I've ever gone through and I'm in something a little similar right now actually and it's only like April 2nd <laughs> and I think I know, that, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that like, it's so funny how we sometimes get these really huge downloads and we kind of forget. It's like we get these massive downloads about the year ahead. And mm-hmm. this, this year was so important. There were so many of us that really, I think felt called to really be very clear in the sharing and offering of what we were getting. Cause it felt so, uh, profound. And one of the gifts of hearing you share that now is just honestly, like it for myself personally, and I wonder if the listeners feel that way. I, I am positive that they do. There is this kind of a relief that comes from hearing you share that spell because it's a really a reminder that like, oh yeah, like this, this we're tired and this year has been very intense, but this is the year. Like you can't be mm-hmm. in a high priestess justice strength year without these huge moments of trusting your voice, um, letting things. That's I think part of why the justice card, I think is part of why this particular Mercury retrograde is so, um, can't think of even the word for it. It's just so resolute. Like there's just mm-hmm. nothing happening in this retrograde without, um, it's like running into like a cartoon character running into a big rubber band. (laughs) Like you're going to get snapped back (laughs) so hard. Um, 
And you sharing that reminds me um, because we forget so easily when we. Well, and also. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Hell yeah. Well, just people resting like Mm -hmm. like I'm allowing myself to just rest and not do anything um, because I'm exhausted. And I think that after the hypervigilance of last year being like a, a wheel of fortune magician year. Um, and like the election and everybody moving into this kind of crisis response that burnt me out within a few months. Uh, and, and this year really like taking the opportunity to really trust the unknown and to listen to my body and my intuition in ways that I've never allowed myself to do before, because I've always had a authority figure or, a teacher who's uh, kind of telling me in a hierarchical way, like what I'm supposed to be doing with my magic. And, um, and like, this is the first year you mentioned, like you asked about like, how do I use tarot as a tool for truth and sovereignty? Mm -hmm. Um, And that word sovereignty has been just coming up again and again in, in my life and my relationships and how, and how I want to, exist is in my own truth and not doing anything because I think it's what I'm supposed to, including work. Um, and, and really realizing that I have limits when I'm, when I'm taking care of myself, that I can't be holding space for everything all the time. Um, and that I don't have to. And, I'm, I'm hearing many, many other people kind of echoing that around me, including you and, and other people that I kind of look up to or, Mm. or use to kind of gauge what the fuck is going on because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not very well equipped for (laughs) a paradigm shift, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I feel like there, like, I feel like a thousand years have passed in the last six. I mean, yeah. Um, and that, part that said the world is not what it was. We are not who we were. Yeah. Like that message just comes to mind again and again for me. And, um, it's really like telling me that that's real. Like it's not what it was and we aren't who we were and we don't even know who we are. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. Like it's going to get better, but that, it's kind of insane also. Mm-hmm. It really it's is. Really, it's really intense for people that don't have a strong, um, like support network around yeah. normalizing the kinds of things that are normal for you and me, you know, cause we do it all the time. Yeah. So like I, I'm really seeing people who like might be new to the path or mm-hmm. having like kind of new awakening experiences is it's really overwhelming and, and hard and, yeah. and terrifying. And I, you know, I think sometimes in, in a super, like I'm saying this in the most humble way, like true, truly, I think that this is also because I, I know when I had the um, knowing to to do this podcast, I, I was excited, but was also kind of like, um, 
I didn't really understand that that could be part of what could be offered by it. And I, and beyond the podcast, which is not necessarily to say or to presume that it's some huge tool of, um, like support for everyone. It um, is. Well, thank you. But I look at what you're I think offering. I'll, I'll, just let me just interrupt and say that <laughs> I've been helped in so many ways by things that I've heard on your podcast that have affirmed my experience mm. and things that I've heard you share. And I know that I'm not the only one. <laughs> so thank you. thank you. Well, thank, thank you for that. And you're welcome. Um, but I look at tarot tv and what you've been offering on your instagram and what you offer and and so many people around me so many people have been i've been noticing um and i'm sure you have too like in the last four months or so there has been this beautiful expansion of people who are choosing to offer their particular um take on what's going on or they're becoming more comfortable with sharing what's going on with them and i I just think it's it's a very powerful time um, that hopefully is starting to maybe offer something to folks who like feel very alone in the process or don't have a strong sense of support or communities. I, I really see that in the offerings around me too, including what you're doing. That is beautiful. Yeah, I, I would agree. I feel like we know that it's time and it's safe now and mm-hmm. that the time for for doing magic, uh, in secret, like is done and that it's, it's safe for us to do this in the world again. And that the patriarchy is, is not going to be able to wipe us all out again. Uh, and that I'm just seeing people's voices, hearing people's voices, echoing my own voice and you know we all say it a little bit differently but so many of us are just saying and doing the same thing essentially I mean Mm -hmm. we're trying to like lift up the collective and and bring healing to the world more accessibly and to speak out on what hasn't been right Mm -hmm. for a long time and so it's so incredible like to see you doing that on a large platform and many other people who I admire because those, all of those people have, have shown me that I can do it too. Mm. And, and that, and that like you can do it too is encouraging and mirroring to people who haven't yet done it. And that like so many more options uh, are possible today than ever have been in terms of how we're going to be here on this planet and what kind of work that we're going to do and how we're going to live our lives. And it's wild. Like these are some crazy inspiring times, even though there is a lot of horror Mm -hmm. as well, but um, there's so much creation going on that I've never never experienced myself doing and never seen others doing. So I'm really, really grateful. Yeah, that's beautifully put. Um, and speaking of, um, service to the collective, um, 
I wanted to talk about your collection, your upcoming collection of DIY healing guided meditations um, that have been channeled by you over these soundscapes. And you just shared this with me before our talk and I am excited for myself and would love for you to share with others um, when that's coming out and what they can expect from that. Oh, uh, well, I, in one of my many like experimental trial and error projects over the last couple of years, I recorded some, some just channeled meditations and I put them up on a SoundCloud like about a year and a half or two ago, and they're still up there. I just recorded myself channeling on, on GarageBand with some reverb. And um, because I wanted to offer like guided meditations that would like make sense to someone that was like me. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, you know, maybe not like you're walking through a forest and blah, blah, blah. But like talk about grounding like, and what that means to me, because oftentimes like somebody else's explanation of what it means to ground didn't make sense to me or resonate or help me ground. Yeah. Um, so like I wanted to make meditations that would hopefully inspire someone to meditate, especially given that I talk about how meditation can help depression and anxiety a lot. Uh, but for someone that's, that struggles with depression and anxiety, like trying to meditate is extremely hard and not always helpful because yeah. like when you sit down to be still, that's when all of your feelings and discomfort can come up. So I wanted to make, make something, um, like kind of for the audience that resonates with me to, to support them in doing like a meditative spiritual practice. And so where that is a collaboration with one of my dearest kindred spirit friends who has a, a sound project called Mnemonic Pulse, mm. which is a, a Dune reference for all the sci-fi nerds. Um, nice. And some like uh, this, per this person, Caitlin Love, is a... Uh, a really like special person in my life who's part of my own like creative journey. We were in a heart cover band. Oh my God. Eight, eight years ago. Fuck. And yes. yeah, this she's always just been like a part of my creative life and actualization. Um, and like is a big creative, um, deeply spiritual musician. So I asked her to, like, I, I created some themes and concepts for guided meditations that I want to record and have her working on soundscapes to kind of support the intention of the meditation that I will channel. And, you know, like I make these things up in the moment when I'm doing them. So I don't exactly know what's going to come out. Mm. Um, but my goal is to have a series like that I can either release once a month or, you know, a, a chunk of them on, on the summer solstice. Uh, and I haven't decided exactly where that I will be releasing them, but 
you know, people will know if they follow me on Instagram or sign up for my newsletter, Aquarius Talk, which they can do on my website. And um, at, with everything that I do, um, I, I want to have a mixture of things that I'm offering for free or that people can like donate to the Patreon page that I'm working on or whatever mm. these other ways in which we can, we can support, um, anti-capitalist work. So oh, yeah. yeah. And the, the reason why, um, I wanted to do the meditations is because a handful of people have told me that listening to a meditation that I made helps their panic disorder or helps them not mm. feel anxious or helps them with depression, which is really like the most moving feedback that anyone can ever give me. Like that it's like the most affirming thing that because there's this part of me that knows that these practices really can work for Mm -hmm. disorders. And, and so when people give me that feedback, it proves this thing that I really want to be true, (laughs) you know, that, Like our healing is in our hands. That that our our well being um, is something that we can create. We don't need um, always to be medicated for yeah mm, our gorgeous. our problems. Yeah, it's so important. Ugh. thank you so much for your service. It's so powerful. Thank it's you. so great, of course. Um, well, I cannot wait. And people, obviously, we will, this is in the intro, we will share this on the podcast, but everyone can follow Aaron at Aaron Aquarius. Oh, no. God, at Full Time Witch uh, on mm-hmm. uh, Instagram. And they can follow that to her website. We'll have her website link on the page so that when those babies are out, you can get them when they're hot out of the oven, um, which I'm very excited for. And, and yeah, I agree with you. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that will help you be like, wow, I'm really glad I stuck through, stayed alive. <laughs> I'm doing this work. Uh-huh. And someone's saying like something that you're offering helps me with my deepest challenges. Like that's gorgeous. Yeah. That's like the sun, the message of the sun card to me is that, mm you know, like somebody else's creation kept me alive when I was a depressed, miserable, angsty teenager. And if like, I can do the same for somebody else and, and maybe like inspire the possibility that life can get better. And that Mm -hmm. like, we don't have to all go to college and be normal, like in this way that society tells us we have to be that like, there's other ways. And you know, like Instagram is how I found you and a number of other healers that have inspired me along the way to the possibility that I could be doing something that I really loved too. So like, it's just, it gives me so much hope for the people out there that are still really stuck and suffering and struggling that, like these voices are going out into the collective and these experiences um, to, to kind of be examples that we never had, like when we were growing up. Um, totally. It's magical. Yeah, it really is. 
And we're lucky to have you during this time doing the work that you're doing. Um, Thank you. Is there, of course. And is there anything, we're nearing the end of our time. And um, mm -hmm. uh, you, I would love for you to share about something that's not tarot related, but I feel like is really important, which is your band. So I feel oh. like um, I love talking on this podcast because tarot is such a binder and it can there's just so many different ways of expression so you are a member of a band called void realm um and Correct. yeah and uh, you know if you want to share like how is music and your band a part of sort of your practice in terms of um your meditation your self-care like your release, your connection, like how, how did music come into your life in that way? And how is Void Realm play a role in that? Well, thanks for asking and giving me, giving me the chance to talk about that. Totally. Um, music has always been a healer for me. Um, growing up, you know, I really escaped to music that helped me cope with how painful my life was, um, growing up in a really dysfunctional and traumatic and abusive home environment and kind of carrying those patterns like into my adult life. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I always wanted to sing, but I had such a like horrible, self-hate self-hating perfectionism that like really strangled my voice and so I actually taught myself to sing uh for karaoke <laughs> like nice. sneaking into bars with a fake ID before I was 21 nice. getting wasted um and thankfully like I learned how to get sober and still sing but um karaoke evolved into cover bands and I always wanted to make my own music, but it wasn't until honestly, like void realm came together at the end of 2016 that like, I was really ready to explore my voice and also like the message that I wanted to get out into the world through music. And it was, you know, around the time of the election, so it became this huge outlet for grief and rage that is mine, but also deeper than just me that is, feels ancient, you know, that this deep grief about the state of our world and humanity. And so like the songs that I wrote really express, express all of that and also are about creating spells for a new reality. Like a lyric that I wrote was after a paradigm of tyrants, the laws of man shall obey the law of the land, you know, mm. and like everything, everything that I was writing in this new project was aligned with, you know, the same thing that I'm talking about with tarot and everything else that I do. Um, but the thing that I really, really want to share about my creativity and singing, um, like, I really want to encourage people to think of themselves as being artists. Like all people are artists, like all people are creative mm -hmm. because I think that like 
most things that we're conditioned about. Um, there's like one kind of creative talent that tends to get attention, uh, at least in, in how I grew up. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of years comparing myself to other people and just not thinking that I was good enough. And it's a sentiment that I hear a lot from people in the readings that I do, which is why I'm doing a lot of creative coaching <laughs> currently mm-hmm. around kind of coaxing people's voices out and, and just affirming like your message. The world needs your message. The world needs your voice. You don't have to be a good singer. Um, just start making stuff because for me, like having that outlet has increased my sense of power in the world and has, has helped lift me up during these really difficult times that we're in politically, environmentally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's all the same, you know, tarot TV and all of the other things that I do help lift me up. But music is a really special kind of self healing cathartic thing to give yourself. And particularly singing. I think that we have a lot of trauma around our voices being silenced and a lot of internalized perfectionist complexes that, you know, tell us if, if we can't sing like Beyonce that we shouldn't try. And totally, I think it's a really beautiful thing to let yourself sing. And it was a really hard, hard thing for me to do. And I still really struggle with it, but, uh, I hope that that might encourage someone to think of themselves as being an artist too. And that giving themselves the gift of exploring all of the ways in which you might create something to help yourself through this life and, share share back with the collective mm-hmm. beautiful so beautiful and we have oh void realm has one song that's available for listening on our band camp uh and we have more in the works that we're working on um we also have an instagram but we're still kind of in incubation great amazing I can't wait for Void Realm to like take over so we can all hear it. Yeah. Matriarchal Rage Doom Pop is yes. Yes. what I call it. Perfect. You know, it's so great because what you've just shared um, with along with everything else is gorgeous. And I too, you know, I'm, I've, I think it's, there are just so many different outlets for creative expression and, for healing and communication and hearing you speak about music in that way is beautiful because some people I think really try to find that in like certain areas and it could really be something as simple and yet as universal as music because it it's a connection that pays off and reconnects us to all different kinds of aspects of magic and of self. So. Right. And it makes you feel, yeah. which 
for me, like sound and, and music like moves, reminds me to be in my emotions again, mm. uh, which I often get disassociated from and, um, also helps me be in my body. Like I have these memories of hearing like particularly powerful soul singers voices mm-hmm. and this feeling like I didn't know what it was then, but like just energy moving up and down my body. Uh, and you know, like, you know, when you, somebody's emoting through their voice and it gives you the chills. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is, but I know that it's magic and I know that it helps me know when I'm hearing something that's resonating with my body, which is important for me and anyone in navigating life is paying attention to those things that make you feel something yourself and being curious about what that means. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Erin, this has been a delight and I'm so happy to have had you here on the podcast. It is a long time coming. Um, I love your work. Long, you know, that reminded me of something that I wanted to say, which was I'm a long time listener, but first time oh, caller. I love it. That's <laughs> so I, great. Cause I love radio talk shows. Mm-hmm. Just, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, it just, I can't thank you enough for your support, for your friendship, for your kindness, for your patience, um, in coming on here. Um, and for your work and your service, it's just gorgeous. And it's an honor to know you. Thank you. Thanks. I feel the same way. And I hope you can come be on Tarot TV sometime. Anytime so you come want to, me, I'll be there. So come to Portal Land. And okay. Then... Done. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks to all of your listeners for tuning in. Mm-hmm.